turn my fan on. Took this little cable into here so it doesn't clank against things and we're away. So, recent podcast, I sat down with Jim Sim. You would have seen it last week. And Jim is a lovely person. We spoke about um, his book, Denison. And all the things which come accompanying with it, and composing, and music, and how he lives life, and how he approaches life, and it was all very interesting. But there was a topic which I touched upon, which I thought, hey, we should probably go into that. Because I've been meaning to go into that for an awfully long time. And get into how we don't think. So I don't know how much you know about my life. Some of you may know a lot, some of you may know very little. Um, because, you know, you know me through the internet. And I'm quite a private person. Even the people who know me don't know me that well. Um, I like to keep myself quite private. That's that's one of those things which I've always held on to. In fact, my entire family does that, I think. Uh, No one is really very vocal when it comes to their lives. We learn things gradually. I learn things about my family gradually through various means, various channels. We don't have a a publication letter or anything to say, hey, this is happening, or this is going on. No, I just find out, I usually find out things through a text the day after it has occurred. That's the best way I can describe things. Um, Or through a conversation with someone, uh, be it brother, dad, mom, fam, grandma, you know, any one of those characters, uh, I'll discover something's happened. I'm like, okay. So a long time ago, I accepted that I don't know everything about everyone. Which may have driven my curiosity a bit, but it is, it's one of those things um, which just kind of comes up every so often. I'm like, no, I don't know. You know, I don't keep track of my family. My family doesn't keep track of me. They just assume I'm up to things, and I assume they're up to things. What was I saying? What was the point of this? Yeah, right. So back to the point. Um, so one of the things I mentioned with Jim Sim was something I kind of touched on it, which is boycotting uh, like a pro is what I would call it, is what I've titled this, is what I've... Um, you know, clickbaited the introduction to this to this podcast, which apologies for clickbait titles, by the way. Um, but annoyingly, and I won't say disappointingly, because I'm not disappointed in you guys. You guys, you know, you listen, you have conversations, you have discussion. That's what this podcast is all about. Uh, they work, <laughs> as proven by my uh, title, "My Friends with Benefits," which got more viewership in the first day than most of my solo podcasts do. Uh, so clickbait tells for the win. Uh, <laughs> in this sense. Uh, but yes, yeah, so I boycotting like a pro. I thought it'd be interesting to kind of go into what I actually mean by that. Um, or, or what I what I feel about that. The problem is, so I wouldn't say a problem. You know, there's different ways of going about your life. You know, everyone has things which they feel strongly about, things which they... Um, are vocal about things which affect their lives or upset them or don't upset them. You know, it could be um, praising someone which has been doing something great. It could be damning something which you feel is wrong. You know, we're not getting on topics, right? You know, I'm not. I'm trying, trying to pick a topic. So, you know, we we walk into that. We we'll walk into that little crux of how do you express that? How do you how do you get that out of the world? And that's hard to do nowadays. In a way. Um, which I, may be a little confusing because we live in the social age, don't we? We live in the age where everything's available. 
everyone has a platform everyone has a, a voice or an opinion um and that's good to an extent unless those platforms aren't managed aka facebook but everyone has a voice out there which means it's very hard in a sense to get your voice actually heard because if everyone's showing no one's showing that makes sense it takes a lot to get something noticed in the world. Um, you kind of keep have to, having to pick at it if you're going to do it. I had an interesting uh, conversation in comments today, which was essentially... So I'd shared... Uh, there's a, a UK law which is coming in, or they're trying to introduce, um, essentially related to COVID, where they want to allow unlicensed vaccines to be put out into the world. Unlicensed doesn't mean untested, by the way. I will, I will stipulate that. Unlicensed doesn't mean tested. They are regular, rigorously tested. They have to be. But unlicensed means that they haven't come through the National Health Service and those channels, the things which protect the public health. Um, they come from private institutions which haven't paid for the licensing. That's my that's, that's the thing. So I shared a thing about that, and it was basically just a consultancy, which you can do in the UK. Every so often they put them out, um, and you can send your feedback. And I sent my feedback in, and I posted on Facebook to allow people to come in and and it generated a little back-and-forth discussion. My main crux of it being that I don't feel like private pharmaceutical companies should be allowed to advertise unlicensed vaccines because it adds to misinformation, also adds to uh, profiteering off medical situations, which I believe is wrong. That's my personal view. Slight diversions there. But a friend of mine said, but that was always going to happen anyway. Now, yes, there is an inevitability to bad things. This is, this is, you know, if this is something which you can kind of even, even I think maybe the pandemic has opened a few uh, views to that. But there is inevitability to bad things. Bad things will happen. Especially things which involve business and corporations and money and all those kinds of things. You know, Exxon Valdez, which is a way throwback uh, to times probably even before I was born. I can't remember what year happened. I want to say 94, but it might not have not been 94. In fact, I'm just going to, I'm just going to. Google Exxon Valdez. It was 89. It was the year I was born. March before I was born. Okay, so Exxon Valdez happened, which was a massive oil spill in 1989. And a lot of things kind of came on top of that, which would have indicated that that was going to happen. Mainly, you know, transporting oil and a vessel across the sea. Probably, probably going to lead to eventually there's going to be an oil spill. So bad things will happen. But my view of life has always been I would rather get stabbed and try to stop myself from getting stabbed than just let myself get stabbed. If that makes sense. That's probably the most blunt way I can put it. Like, if you're going to get hit by a car, right? You know you're going to get hit by a car. It's a bad thing. It's going to happen. Do you do you lay there or stand there and say, well, I'm going to get hit by a car, so I, I may as well do nothing to avoid it? Or logically do you walk on pavements because you're less likely to get hit by a car on a pavement do you look both ways when you cross the street because then you can look for cars and see the bad things coming if a car mounts the pavement and is heading towards you do you let it hit you or do you try to get out of the way do you push other people out of the way do you scream and attract attention to what is going on those are all little step marks, and obviously those are extreme examples, but when it comes to large global nuclear things, um, I think it's better to push back, even if you know it's inevitable. 
even if you know the world is doomed, why not push back a little? Because then, if you push back, not only does it give you peace of mind, right? You tried. Then there's a lot to be said for trying. We'll get on to that. You tried. But it draws attention to it, that it was it was not something which should have happened. You know, it draws attention to that factor to say, hey, why why were people against this? You know, why were you know twenty years down the line when Brexit's occurred and we're we're out of the EU, very UK example, um, and then all all the bets have been settled and the money money's gone where it's gone, um, and we've probably got a conservative government again because it's twenty years down the line and these things go in a cycle. When that's happened, people question, well, why why did why was there so much aggravation against it? And you'd be like, well. People push back against it, and it forces people to look at why they push back. You know, it, it, it draws more attention when someone tries to push back, when someone's, you know, rather than just letting things flow on, you just push back a little. It doesn't even have to be a big push. You might not even be capable of a big pushback. We know we're not. We know, we know we're fucking minions in the, the grand scheme. That's kind of very, very tinfoil hat right now. Um, we know we're pawns. Doesn't mean we have to be quiet about being pawns, though, does it? That's, that's always been my view. But we've gone slightly off topic. So back to my point, boycotting like a pro. So, as I was saying, the whole social media spectrum and getting your voice heard and getting important issues heard is quite hard. And I relate that very similarly to these big issues. So when it comes to small issues and you want people to understand that, I don't see a value in myself because I'm not in a position to project my views into the world exposing people to my views in a blunt force manner. I'm not a very blunt force person. I'm more of like a wear you down over two weeks kind of person, right? I'm more of a um, <laughs> more of a Grand Canyon kind of person than an explosion kind of person. Um, and that's that's essentially a lot of how I live life. You know, I'm 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 very patient. I like I like to be patient and I think you leave a bigger impact by trickling through the desert than exploding within the desert. Because if you explode something in the desert, people try to fill it in. But if you trickle, people just accept it, and eventually your national monument. I've gone very metaphor. Living the world. Um, I'm making myself seem very pious right now, and I don't mean to. Obviously there are times when you need to make a statement stand. There are times when things are getting to a tipping point, and you need to scream and shout and all those kinds of things. <clears throat> but back to back to my point. <laughs> I feel sorry for people. I feel sorry for you guys. You listen to me ramble in such an incoherent manner every week. Um, but I am I am getting to my point. Honestly, I am. So what what does boycotting like a pro mean? Well, so I think a lot of it came down to a few years ago. I. I think, I mean, I've boycotted things before, you know, big things, things which you, you decide, okay, well, I'm just never going to buy from that place again. And it's usually triggered by something quite substantial. Um, you know, I, I can't think of an example. Something gets revealed about one thing or another. Um, even if, if we use, like, actors as, as an example, and you, or musicians, and you hear something bad about that musician, and then it gets proven, and they go to prison, you go, okay, cool, I'm just going to cut ties with that. You know, I'm going to cut ties with that thing. And a lot of people do it. It's a big thing. The world keeps spinning. Um, and it's just generally accepted. You don't 
don't listen. I, I think, yeah, I mean, the, the the worst example I can think of right now um, is Lost Profits. Ian Watkins um, exposed as a pedophile. Everyone in the alternative music genre decided, yeah, you know what? Fuck it, we can sacrifice Lost Profits. We can. You know, that, that's, that was a... I don't even think it was discussed. I don't even think anyone out there in the world sat down and said, you know, you need to stop listening to music. Everyone just went, no, you know what, I don't want this. We're just, we're just going to cut off. Just going just gonna to be done with it. It's, it's a bad thing. There we go. Um, and obviously the, the members of the band did exactly the same thing, which is, you know, kudos to them. Uh, they didn't try and reform. They didn't try and do any of that. They just went, nope, we're done with it. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, and obviously there's, there's other, other questions to be answered around those things, but we're not getting into that. I was just thinking of an example. So here, that's your example. That's a big, impactful world example. Everyone goes, yep, that's a bad thing, so therefore we're not going to go, we're not going to fund that anymore. But I find there's a lot of things in your day-to-day life where you're an opportunity to make that decision. You know, when the products you buy, the places you go, the people you speak to, you know, you might know a person, you think that person's a bad th- person. And how you approach that... I think becomes very significant because the the way we're told to use social media and the te- way we're told to use communication is to shout it, you know, regardless of the scale, regardless of the scale of the thing which is impacting, regardless of it is just, you know, a local thing or a national thing. We are told if you see something bad, you shout and scream about it, which, as I said, there is times for that. But when you make every single argument about anything a scream and shout opportunity, it loses its worth, and people aren't convinced. So, being a private person as well, I'm not really comfortable with that. You know, the reasons I do things, I don't feel like I should force on anybody else, so I don't. Um, I support the things which I feel strongly about. I shout when I think there is necessary to shout, um, like I recently did with the the... BLM video, which were instead of live stream for that day, I just cut off. You know, we we have things in life when we do that, but every single incident in the world is not a scream and shout matter, in my opinion, as it goes. I think you can generate a lot more damage by doing things quiet in that sense, which is what I'm about to get into. So a few things in my life, um, which I do. And I'm trying harder to do uh, from day to day. You know, so first of all, first of is purchasing power, right? First is, I think, this is the most simple example I can give. And I think most of my examples um, within my my silent boycotting, as I call it, is is purchasing power. You know, I don't shout about what I buy. I just don't think it's really necessary to. I don't, you know, get out there and go, no, don't buy this. Well, I bought this because of this, this, and this. No, you know, I, I I, just carry on. I just live my life, and I buy things based on what I think and what I believe. And I think that has a lot of power. And if you don't scream and shout about it, it leads people to ask more questions about it, you know. When someone comes to you and they say, hey, you know, what? Well, why did you buy this product? Why did you buy this one over this one? That's when they're most engaged. That's when they're most wanting to listen. That's when people, you know, care about what you have to say. That's when 
you know, you can get round things and say, hey, well, okay, so, you know, this is why. This is the X, Y, and Z of why I do this. Um, and it invites people. It invites people to have that conversation. And if you invite people to have that conversation through, you know, privacy, you'll have kind of have more effect when it comes to especially to smaller issues and smaller issues of life. An example I'd give is there's a few businesses in town, um, and I won't name names, because, you know, Slander. Um which I don't agree with how they work. And they are local businesses. They're not large organizations. Um, I don't agree with some of the comments they make. I don't agree with um, some of the products they sell. I don't agree with uh, just how they run their business. You know, So I just don't shop at that. And it's silent. And obviously, you're thinking, oh, Graham, you're one customer. You know, you're one customer in thousands. Um, that's not going to make a fucking difference. They're not going to care that Graham doesn't go to that, that shop. No, they're not going to care. And that's kind of the point. I don't go to that shop. But when a friend asks me, hey, do you want to go here? And I say, no. No, I don't shop there. Suddenly they're engaged. Suddenly there is an incuriosity to go, oh, well, why don't you shop there? And then that spreads. It's... It's kind of like Inception. This <laughs> is a worse, worse analogy. You're incepting ideas into the world. They say, hey, well, no, if one person changes their actions, if one person changes how they approach something, then that has a knock-on effect to more and more people, regardless of whether you want to or not. You know, why don't you shop at this style? Well, I don't agree with them, you know, with this and the other. On the face of it, in terms of the wider world, probably not that big a deal. But I don't agree with this, therefore I don't shop there. Um... And that's boycotting like a pro. That's that's making a small impact in, in with the intention of causing ripples to a wider impact. And as that goes on, then less and less people use that store. And less and less people shop there. And less and less people buy that product. And this is this is I think this is one of the problems which comes with when it gets to like larger issues, is that you know, there is such a drive behind being vocal about these things and, and forcing things. But I've always been a person who is you have to let people make their own decisions. You have to have them in the right frame of mind, especially if you want to make a lasting impact, to be able to accept information. Again, I will reiterate, there are, obviously, there are exceptions to this rule, especially when lives are involved. But when it comes to like your day-to-day -day life, People don't respond to being yelled at. You know, people respond to casual information. <laughs> as bad as it sounds, they do. You know, casual information, which then they take on board. And, and that, this is essentially how um, the, the right and everything like that spreads their information. You know what's more impactful to someone who has developed racist ideals is their friend saying... Oh, hey, did you hear about this, that, and the other from such and such? That's way more impact than them going, oh, here's an article about how all, all these things. You know, they're, they're not going to they're not gonna listen because it's someone they know, someone they trust, and it just casually casually feeds in. And I, I try not to push too many of my ideas. That's why when I kind of sit on the podcast and I talk to you guys, I don't tend to touch massively political subjects. I touch more human life subjects, more rounded subjects, because... You guys haven't asked me to talk about it, so I don't talk about it. Because you, you didn't, that's not what you want to hear. 
It's the simplest way I can. I can buy, I boycott my own. I imagine there's people who don't watch my podcast for one reason or another. They're silently boycotting. I don't know. There's a few things in my life like this where I, you know, all I'm really doing is giving myself peace of mind, and that may be hugely selfish because I'm not spreading the information out in a, a major way. Um, it could be hugely selfish, and it may be, but I'm doing it for me, for my own peace of mind, to say, hey, I'm pushing back. I'm pushing back where I can. I don't have much impact in the world, um, but I have more impact when I push back. I think that's a way to look at things when you consider life as a general, you know? You should always try and push back a little bit. Because even then, you can think it's a small sentiment to say, you know, that's not for me. But it can have a major impact. Especially on someone who's who's absolutely steamrolling. And I think that's the balance of it. I think when you, you fire on fire, it doesn't have as much impact as someone saying, oh, hey. No, you know, someone pushing you out of the doorway, hurrying you out. Are you going to just let them or are you going to push back and then make the person who's being told to push you out think, oh, well, why are they pushing back? Is it just because I'm pushing them? Do they have time to explain themselves? Who knows? That's why I call boycotting like a pro anyway. Find something which you personally believe, <clears throat> personally have theories on, you know, care about, and do your own thing. And then when people ask about it, just explain it. Never try and convince anyone. I'm just saying this is how I live my life. Um, can't really argue with that, can you? I'll talk to you guys later.